0: Hello everyone and welcome on Into the Swoop, a Falcon Media sports podcast created by students and the student-run media organization here at Bowling Green State University. My name is Shane Nissen, the Sports Director for Falcon Media, and today I'm joined by two great reporters here on campus that have done a great job reporting on men's and women's basketball as well as hockey and volleyball, And Drew Terhall and Hayden Kincaid. Today we'll be talking about hockey's big series sweep over number 18 Michigan Tech last week and their even bigger and pending series with number 6 Minnesota State coming up this week. We'll also hear a little bit of head coach Ty Eigner's thoughts on the series as well. Then we'll talk women's basketball and their continued surge of the max standings with wins over Western Michigan and Toledo last week, as well as their upcoming games against Northern Illinois and Ohio this coming week. Men's basketball will be in action again, and they will be looking to break their four-game losing skid with a home matchup against Western Michigan tonight. Justin Turner needs just five points to break the all-time scoring record against the Broncos. We'll talk about their disappointing 0-2 last week as well, and we'll talk about their rematch with Ohio on Saturday. And then finally, we'll talk about volleyball, who has been on a surge to start the season. They've won their previous three matches by a combined 9-0, sweeping all three. They are 4-0 on the season, but tomorrow and Friday, they will play 3-1 Miami, who was picked to finish ahead of them in the MAC East this season. All of this is coming up next on The Swoop. All right, we will start with BG, B, cannot talk. BGSU Hockey. Uh, Blake can start for me today. Uh, BGSU Hockey, will start with, uh, they come into the week after a dominating home sweep over number 18 Michigan Tech last week. They beat the Huskies 6-3 to Friday night, in large part thanks to a big first period where they scored three goals. Forward Justin Wells was a big part of that. He scored the first goal and assisted on the second, and then on Saturday we they won five to two in a game where they scored four goals in the first two periods after being two to one uh, or after being down two to one uh, after one period of play. So a huge, huge sweep of Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech uh, adds two more wins to their WCHA win total. They're five and one in the conference, sixteen and four overall. Uh, they stayed at number eight, uh, did not move at all on the USCHO poll uh, from last week. So that's interesting. Uh, but just a huge win and a huge series win for for the Falcons, bouncing back after getting swept by Bemidji State uh the week prior. And we'll start with Hayden here. Hayden, it was no doubt a dominant weekend, a dominating weekend for the Falcons and 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 one uh they needed needed they needed after being swept the week prior. I mean, what was the driving force in such a strong bounce-back performance uh, by the Falcons?
1: Uh, the, the biggest thing that uh, that stuck out to me was their um, execution on special teams. This weekend – They or this past weekend, they were um, – not only did their, was their penalty kill great, but they seemed to find the back of the net when they were on the power play, which is something that they have somewhat struggled on this season – um and they have they are towards the the bottom in the rankings as far as power play goes in the country so that was something that's that stuck out to me and then their their ability to just bounce back after getting punched in the face like in the in that second game they they did go down two to one and it felt like that game was just gonna be um a kind of grinded out. Michigan – or, yeah, the Huskies weren't going to go away, but then the, the Falcons just, like, were like, no, we're, we're going to win this game. And they they um, they put it away quickly after going down 2-1 and scored uh, four straight to just uh, to rip the soul out of the Huskies.
0: Yeah, I mean, there that, that, that had to be a soul-ripping uh, loss for, for the Huskies. They, they were on a seven-game win streak heading into the series – uh, Ryan High and Bowling Green just, I mean, basically annihilated them in every period except for that 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 first period in the second game. So, got to be a heart ripping loss for them, but a huge win and a huge series win for for the Falcons, uh, and that will lead in uh, to their series. And actually, before we go into their next series, I do want to talk. I you hit on it a lot. You hit on the the power play, um, and they're increasing the power play. They were up 10 percent, I believe they were. They were 4 or 14 on the power play um, against Michigan Tech this weekend. That's 28% for the season they have been averaging. Uh, they've been averaging 18%. So, what if, I mean, how encouraging is it for you, uh, for you, Hayden, that the Falcons were able to do so well on the power play uh, this weekend?
1: It's incredibly uh, pot or um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's what you want to see when you're, you're going into, especially into a series this coming weekend against uh, Minnesota state, where they're the number two team in the country and you have been struggling all year on the power play. It's not the greatest, but you, you hit that, you you hit four for 14. That's like 28%. That's, that's pretty good for the power play. So um when that's your your biggest weak spot and it starts to click right before your biggest series of the season, that's very positive. That's what you want to have happen. You want to be trending in that direction. Um, so that is something that I look forward to going up uh, into that, that series against Minnesota State where it's essentially a fight for first. Whoever comes out of that series on top um, – they they're the first team they're in first place in the WCHA and they control their destiny as far as that number one seed goes with the the tournament later in the year.
0: Yeah, and that's that's definitely for sure. It's a it's a battle for first place. Uh, Minnesota State coming in nine two and one overall. They're they are six and zero in the WCHA Bowling Green sixteen and four overall and. Five and one in the WCHA, so a huge, huge series. As you said leading in uh, whoever wins can control their own destiny, especially since uh, this is the only time the Bowling Green and Minnesota State will see each other uh, this year in the regular season. So it's, it's a huge series um, and, and one that it, it, the Falcons at least, at least want to get a sw- uh, uh, want to get a, a split and they don't want to get swept by Minnesota State this weekend because um, that would put them behind in, in the standings. And right now, I mean, with as good as this team's playing, they they have to be shooting for a. Uh, WCHA uh, title. So, uh, it, it, as I said, next up, the Minnesota State, they're number six in a US, uh, S- US CHO poll, uh, for this week. Uh, Falcons number eight. Uh, the Mavericks are coming off a loss last week to, to Midgey State, uh, who was four and one. So, that's actually really interesting that it's only its one of their two losses on the season. They've only tied once as well. So, uh, one of three games that they haven't won uh, so far this season. So they're coming off a, a you know, in a blowout loss to uh, Bemidji State uh, last and As we know, Bemidji State's been playing well. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with here, uh, getting later uh, in the WCHA season. Um, so they're definitely a team to watch out for. I believe the Falcons have one more series with them, which will actually count for the WCHA series. So that's going to be a big series as uh, well. More specifically, uh, the Mavericks are a, the number one team in the country and goals allowed is they're the only team allowing. Uh, is they're the is they're the only excuse me. They're only allowing a goal per game uh, this season, um, which is an incredible number. And you know they played uh, twelve games, and 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 that has, to, to allow only one goal per game in twelve games that's an incredible number. And 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 the Falcons obviously going to come in here uh, looking to 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 change that, uh, drive the number up a little bit, but. Talked with Ty Eigner a little bit today about uh, that series with Minnesota State. So here's what he thinks about that, uh, the Falcons uh, matchup with Minnesota State and what they need to do uh, to break through that stifling defense. Yeah,
2: that, that'll be difficult because they're, they're a team that can beat you multiple ways and, and, you know, it starts in in with their defense and it's not just their goalie, but he's been outstanding since he got to their campus. Uh, Dryden McKay's numbers over his career are, are, are ridiculous and and he's been a great goalie for minnesota state but they defend really hard as a team they they value playing in their own end uh you know last year they were a team that led the country in goals against and also led the country in goals for so that just tells me that they have a bunch of really good players and they play the game you know they've got a bunch of uh, they they can beat you any way you want and and this year they're they're back there again with the goals against and so you're going to have to earn everything you get it starts for our group. I, I, I know Brandon was on here and he, he talked about the forecheck and and, and and us getting you know getting in on them. And so for us, it starts with our effort. And we're going to need to we're going to need to be aware of, of you know what we're doing all the time and making sure we're making good decisions and making sure we're we're uh, competing really hard because if you if you don't play hard against Minnesota State, it's going to be very difficult. And you have to play hard. You have to make hard plays with the puck. You have to play hard individually, and then your team has to play hard because Minnesota State plays hard all the time.
0: Aiden, what is your take on this series? You talked a little bit about um, how important it is at the end uh, of, of the uh, of, of your you, when you last spoke, but uh, what do the Falcons need to do to walk out of Mankato, Minnesota, satisfied?
1: Uh, the big thing that looking back at that, uh, single, single game that they, uh, Minnesota or Minnesota State played against Bemidji State last weekend, Bemidji State only had 10 shots on goal in that entire game. Um, but still was able to get four of them, uh, into the net, into the back of the net. So I, I think that the big thing for the Falcons is to just be as potent on offense as they have been all year. Um, and when you're on the power play, be ag- aggressive and try and to try and to execute as best as you can. And when you, you're on the pe- uh, penalty kill, Bemidji State was, um, I believe they had six penalties for 23 penalty minutes against Minnesota State. But the uh, the Mavericks didn't score a single power play goal so that, that you just have to uh, – Tighten up your penalty kill defense and um, try and essentially choke out any sort of offense that the the Mavericks may uh, throw your way.
0: Yeah. And is this strength on strength, in your opinion? I mean, uh, you know, both teams coming in, um, Falcons. They're averaging nearly four goals a game, I think they're at three point eight right now. Number six in the country, Minnesota State obviously only allowing one uh, goal per game. Is this a strength on strength, uh, in your opinion?
1: Absolutely, it is. Um, Minnesota State has an incredible defense, and the Falcons have um, just as good of an offense. So it it's going to be whoever whoever can play their brand of hockey the best is going to. Who, uh, be who comes out of this series with the uh, wins.
0: Yeah, and uh, you can listen to BGSU hockey this weekend on WW or WW. He's Going into a web browser there, uh, WBGU eighty point one. WBGU Ryan Bound will be on that call. Um, they the puck is set to drop at eight oh seven PM on Friday and seven oh seven PM on Saturday. Against the Mavericks. I believe Valent Ryan will be calling that one uh, remotely. So that'll be interesting. He did that for Bemidji State in their away series uh, two weeks ago now. Um, So uh, good luck to Ryan uh, on that. And you can also head to BG Falcon Media after the game uh, for recaps of the game as well. Next up, we'll talk about uh, BGC women's basketball. And boy, are things getting exciting around. This program right now. The Falcons are nine and two in the Mac with two blowout victories over Western Michigan and Toledo last week. The win over Toledo specifically secured a season sweep over the Rockets for the first time since 2009. And and that's a, a feat because this team has been really good. This program has been really good over the last couple of years. Senior center Angela Perry starred in that one. She had 18 points in that one and score and shot nine of twelve after going all of three in the first period from the field, But let's start with talking about the Western Michigan victory. Drew, you know, what made the Falcons so effective uh, in that victory?
3: I just think it's been the theme this year. They just found a way to win. You saw in the first quarter, both teams struggled offensively. But then Western in the second and third quarter, they really found some success on offense. And Boboen was able to match that. They seemed way better in their half-court offense than they have in the past season. This season, So I think that was one of the reasons why. And then once they got to the fourth quarter, they really choked out Western. They only allowed them. It was like around 10% field goal. It was something really low. Mm -hmm. So I think they just maybe they'll find find a way to win, even though they couldn't bank on their defense the whole game. I just think that offense came to life and really helped them.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been the theme of this season. I mean, as you said, finding a way to win. I mean, they... You know, they haven't been – there's structures where they don't look that great offensively, but, you know, I think they always – that effort's always there Um, and the effort on defense, and that's the biggest part of defense is, is being is, – is effort. And I think that's why the Falcons have been so good um this season. Uh, you know, I talked about this before with, with people in Falcon Media and, and all that good stuff. I mean, just – it's crazy to think that you know coming into the season, you know coming into the season, you would have thought that men's basketball would have been, uh, the you know the more the, the favorite to make the MAC uh, tournament out of both teams, but it's not looking that way right now. Uh, MAC, uh, and, and it's crazy because the bowl, the Bowling Green men's basketball well, they were picked to win uh, the MAC. Women's basketball was picked, I believe, next to last. So just crazy how things have turned out this season, and a lot of fun. Uh, to watch uh, Bowling Green play. Uh, they'll get Northern Illinois on at 6 tonight on the road, so that'll be pretty much right after this podcast drops. Um, that's the Falcons' last loss, and it comes back all the way uh, in the beginning of January. And we'll stay with you, Drew, because I know you were at that game as well. Uh, what do you remember from that game, and what do the Falcons need to do to avenge that loss to the Huskies?
3: I think one thing that sticks out remembering that game was – Northern Illinois was able to shoot the ball very well from the perimeter. Uh, they were able to get shots open and made them. And I think that's what the Falcons are going to need to focus on this time around, is just to make them work harder for those open shots. And also, looking back, that's when they didn't rebound the ball very well. Northern Illinois was able to win the rebounding game, and I think now Bowling Green's more equipped to go and compete on the boards with this Northern Illinois team. And I think they can really show them how far they've come this season with this game tonight.
0: Yeah, I think th- that's for sure. I mean, I think if, if, avenging this loss would be huge. I mean, uh, Northern Illinois, as you said, that's one of the few losses, uh, them and Buffalo, who obviously Buffalo's very, very good this season. But, um, I mean, that would th- this would be even, you know, moving further uh, into what the house can do. Uh, this season they've been so good, um, and and being able to get a, a win against uh, Northern Illinois and avenging that loss would just go even further. I mean, at that point they they're, they're getting close to being out to be, having beaten almost every single team in the MAC at that point, and, and that's just an incredible feat uh, off of where this team has been in the last couple of years. And Hayden, I want to get your take on the team real quick, too. Uh, they've been just so much fun to watch for me on this season. I think the effort brings that out, uh, the effort on defense, what you've seen from them on defense. Um, it's just been a, a lot of fun for me to watch. It's just fun to watch when people care and they and they play hard. I'm not saying that teams in the past didn't care, but this seems to be more of a sense of urgency on this team. And I, I think it's just, it's just, as I said, it's a lot of fun uh, to watch and be a part of that and, uh, and see that up close. I mean, it, it, this team is just, is really good. There's no other way to put it. They're really good. It's not a fluke. And we, we said that so many times, but outside of how hard they play, I mean, what do you think has made them uh, so much fun to watch uh, this season? Hayden?
1: Um, I think just the idea that this team is ahead of schedule in the rebuild and that knowing that they, you're getting this effort at a year three of Robin Freilich and, um, you're you're getting these results when they weren't supposed to be coming until she was able to get more of her recruits in, and it's starting to look more and more like this team is going to be similar to what they were in the the mid mid two thousands. They were one of the better mid uh, major teams in the country, expected to always be making a run, um, and it, it kind of looks like that's where this this team is going from um, from here on out. And looking at Robin Fralick's tenure in division two and how she, good she was there um it's just exciting to see that come to fruition here at Bowling Green this year
0: and you mentioned the recruits I mean uh I think that was a big part of it and, and part of the reason why they've been so, so successful this season is because of her recruits that she's gotten in um uh and obviously you know the Angela Perry Claire Gloniak uh Katie Heffling those players have done a lot, and they, they played uh, very well, the, the veterans of this team. But those freshmen and uh, ha- have played so well, and I think that's a big reason why you're seeing such a turnaround now. I don't think anyone thought it would be this quick, as you said. I don't think anyone thought that her, her recruits would develop uh, this quickly. But it's been, as you said, just a quick turnaround, and, and we're heading for something that I think, can mimic. I don't know if we can get to as good. I mean, they made the Swiss 16 in 2007. Uh, can they do that now? Maybe. I don't know, but uh, that's a lot to live up to, but at least they're, they're definitely heading in that direction. And uh, it's great to see that after a couple of bad years uh, for the program. Um, they will, as I said, they'll be in action uh, tonight at 6 p.m. against Northern Illinois. Uh, that'll be at Northern Illinois. Uh, there'll be a recap on bgfalconmedia.com af- uh, after the game, and then they'll be on the road um, at uh, or not. They won't be on the road. Excuse me. They'll be at home against Ohio on Saturday. That'll be at noon. Uh, we'll have a recap on that one too. You can listen to BGR. So uh, they'll be calling that game uh, as well. So. A lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff, uh, fun games coming up for this team. Ohio is going to be a really fun matchup. They're they're one of the better teams historically in the MAC uh, as well. So uh, we'll, we'll hope we hope we can see this win streak that they've been on. I think four games now. Uh, we can hope that. hope we'll, let's hope that that uh, extends into uh, the next podcast that we do next week. And now we'll move on to men's basketball, and uh, you know obviously. We've said this for the past couple of weeks now. Not as good as uh, not as good news for men's basketball as uh, women's basketball. And like you said, that like I just got done saying, that's a surprising thing coming when coming into the season. We we all figured men's basketball would be uh, the team that, that really had a, a legit shot to make the the NCAA tournament, win the MAC, and it's not looking that way. It's looking quite the opposite. As the Falcons dropped their third and fourth straight games to Kent State in Toledo last week, they're now six and five in the MAC. 10-7 overall. They're sitting 7th in the conference right now. They have a game with Western Michigan tonight that should serve as a bounce-back game uh, with Justin Turner. Um, should getting, presumably, I don't want to jinx him, um, but he yeah, needs five points to get the all-time scoring record. So... Um, uh, he should get that tonight, uh, so that'll be that'll be fun to see. But obviously, more importantly, I know Justin Turner would say this as well: uh, is getting that bounce back win against a Western Michigan team that's two and eleven on the sea- season. So you, you got to win this. one. you cannot let this this slide keep continuing, uh, you, you, you can get a little bit of a pass for the last couple of weeks. I mean, um, Miami's ahead of you. All the teams that you lost to are, are ahead of you in the standings. You haven't dropped a, a terrible, terrible one. I guess maybe you could call it Ball State one, a terrible one. But uh, those were all, you know, at least decent teams. Now you've got teams uh, like Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan coming up that, that you have to capitalize on. You have to beat uh, if, if you want to stay afloat uh, here in the Mac and, and at least, you know, get a top eight seed right now, I guess you can still push for a top four seed. You got to win a couple of games here at the end, but uh, I think right now their focus has got to be staying top eight right now uh, because that's quickly slipping from the graph if they keep losing games, especially a game like tonight with Western Michigan. Um then after uh, hopefully Turner sets the square record tonight and Bowling Green gets the the winning against Western Michigan, they'll play Ohio at home, who is currently the number four seed in the match. So that'd be a big game uh, for Bowling Green to try and move up a little bit more in the standings. And we'll start with Hayden here. Hayden, what have you seen this past week from the Falcons? And I know we talked a lot about defense and I know that's going to be the one thing you hammer on, but what has been one of the biggest reasons why the Falcons have just slid so much uh, here um, in these last couple of weeks?
1: Um, well, looking at the Toledo game specifically, um, not only was the defense on brand for this Falcon team this year, but the offense was just off brand for the Falcons this year. And the, the last two games, Justin Turner is not your, your leading scorer. And it feels like if he isn't scoring, this team isn't even considered to have a chance to win a game. So that's one thing that I, I look at is the, the lack of scoring for the last couple of games from Justin Turner, but just the, the, um, the inability to um, have consistency on the offense and defensive side. against guess Kent state, the offense was incredibly good. It, they put up 91 points in a game where Kent state almost hit a hundred. So you're, you're kicking yourself in the butt for um, allowing them to, to uh, win that one. Even though you, you won on the turnover battle, battle, you barely lost in rebounds, but um, you, you that's a game that you should have won and you just let slip away. But that Toledo one was one where the, it was just uh, uh, so many issues going on all at once. I, that, that's about all I have to say on that subject. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of I mean that Toledo game was was not good. It's not what we wanted to see. And and granted, this is a Toledo team that is legitimately, I mean, in pushing for a uh a an at-large bid. I mean, they're 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 getting votes from the AP poll. They're ten and one. They just beat or I believe they're eleven and one in the Mac now. They just beat Akron last night, who was second. That was their only loss in the Mac all season. I mean, this is a this was a really good Toledo team, and it's a shame because uh, this is supposed to be Bowling Green. You know, you would hope that Bowling Green would be doing something like this. Uh, as I said, they were picked to win the MAC, but it, it's been Toledo. It's been our, our neighbors up north that have been playing so well and, and uh, good on them. But, uh, the Falcons, you can't have that game against your rivals. You got to have it, you, you need it to be at least competitive. And I don't think it was really that competitive, uh, that game. There was a lot of problems there, but, uh, as I said, tonight's a bounce-back game for Western uh, against Western Michigan, and it's a bad Western Michigan team. They're the worst team uh, in the MAC record-wise. So, what do the Falcons need to do tonight just to focus on uh, Western Michigan and, and to stop this skid? Even though it might seem easier, easy. Um,
1: a big thing for me is, uh, when when you get turnovers, you just have to be able to, uh, um. Execute and score points off of those those turnovers. The last two, at least the last two games, the the Falcons have been have had less turnovers than their opponent, but yet they're still putting up less points than their opponent. So that that that's one thing, and then rebounds is another one. They they um, are behind in rebounds in both of those games. So definitely. I know that size is kind of an issue on this team, um, and rebounds is tough, but you have to play a scrappier brand of defense and fight for rebounds to be able to put your your offense in a position to uh, have more possessions.
0: Yeah, rebounding's been a problem for this team. Dylan Swingle's really not been in the lineup. He hasn't been. He not really played all that well, um, and he didn't really help the Falcons that much on, in the interior for rebounding or defense. So they, they, they put Jacob Washington in there, but Jason Washington is not a center. He's undersized. Um, uh, the Falcons could really need, use a guy like DiMaggio Wiggins on this lineup. Taylor Matos, uh, who, who was not DiMaggio Wiggins at all in any stretch, but he was at least a big body. Uh, he served his purpose, and I think that's a big reason why the Falcons were successful. Uh, he left the team uh, this year. He was not a senior. Um, but uh, that's that, we, we talked about that all the way at the beginning of the year when the Falcons were, were 6-0, and or, or excuse me, 5-0 and in the match, 6-1 and in the match, um, about their size, and, and, and that size has really come back to bite them and and think that's where teams really want to attack them, and they got to figure something out here, but you can't fix size. I mean, you, you got, he, I mean Huger's got what he's got. Um, they got to figure out ways to, to get to get wins um, with the size that they have, though. So, last question here before, and I want to talk just a little about Justin Turner because tonight's gonna should be a historic night uh, for for Turner. Drew, I mean, he's set to break the all time scoring record. What comes to mind when you think of Turner's legacy at Bowling Green? I
3: think of is just consistency. You see, after his freshman year, he's been in every game since then. He's always produced well. <laughs> And I just think he's been a leader for this program for the past four years, and he stuck with it. I think that's the most important thing. He stuck with Bowling Green, you know, no matter how close they were or how far away they were. He stuck with it. And I just think he's going to leave here just knowing he's probably the best player ever in this program, arguably. And he just gave it his all and was something that this kind of program is all about.
0: Yeah, arguably it was right. I mean, there's other guys. Nate Thurman is one. He's an uh, NBA Hall of Famer coming from Bowling Green. So he can have it. But as far as most points, you can't argue that he's going to have it at the end of this year. And um, it's, I mean, honestly, for me, he, he's a retro senior. So he was here a year before, but he didn't really play. Um, so he, I mean, I've been here all the years that he's played and it's, it's crazy to me that I, in the four years that I've been here, I, I got to witness the, the the all-time leading scorer at Bowling Green, so just just a cool thing. And i I'll, I'll be there tonight, so that that'll be fun to to see him uh, break that tonight. Hopefully, hopefully he scores five points tonight against Western Michigan. So, um, but that'll be fun. Uh, so the Falcons are, are as I said, they're they're playing Western Michigan tonight. Uh, that's at seven o'clock, and then they'll have Ohio at home on Friday at five o'clock. Uh, there'll be recaps and all that sort of thing on BG Fountain Media um, for both games. Um, I believe BGRSO is doing both games as well, so you can tune in uh, to that. And finally, we'll get over on to volleyball. Uh, volleyball is scorching hot, just like, you know, women's basketball and, um, and, and hockey at this point. I mean, uh, this it's been... A really good start to the season for, for the Falcons. They're four and zero. They've swept um, their last three games, uh, and, and this is a team that just looks really good uh, right now. Coming into this game, uh, what you were there on? You or at least you you watched the game um, on, on Friday. At least you're I mean, what? What have made the Falcons so dominant these last couple of games?
3: Using the last two games against Western, they just have been more of a complete team. You look back in the Northern Illinois at the beginning of the season, they were just all offense. They were just getting kills left and right, and Mm -hmm. that's how they majority won against Northern. Then against Western, they just got more cohesive, I would say. I think Katie Kidwell really stepped up in this series, especially Thursday in the second set. They had an 11-0 run when she was serving. So I just think – they really came together and also they've been getting a lot better on the front line. They've been defending the net very well against Western. And I think that can continue as the season goes on and really help them become more of a dominant team in the Mac.
0: Yeah. And uh, now they have a, a series with Miami uh, this weekend and Miami was picked to win the Mac East. So that's going to be a big series for them. Uh, what do you think the Falcons to do here uh, to continue this dominance uh, that they've had over the
3: last two games. I just think they need to uh, keep focus on Miami, which I think they did a very good job with with Western. You know, mm-hmm. being on the road and how their schedule stacks up in the future, in the mm-hmm. next couple weeks, I think yeah. they really did a good job doing that. So I expect the same thing against Miami. Mm-hmm. And I just think if they can bring their A game and not kind of not slack off in a way, but just come out sluggish, mm-hmm. I think this team will have a really good shot at beating Miami twice because I think Miami had some struggles against Akron. Mm -hmm. And I just think this team, if they can bring it all together, like to dig against Western, they should have no problem with Miami. All
0: right. Drew will be there for, for both of those games. They're both at home uh, this week, tomorrow, uh, Thursday. I believe that one starts at six. And on Friday, the, the game tips, uh, the game actually tips off. It's not basketball. They, they gave game starts at, um, uh, five so that, that's an early start but uh, uh we'll be looking for that both of those games will be uh recaps will be on BG Falcon media bgR still will have both of those games as well so uh, Falcon media will be covering those games pretty heavily this uh this Thursday and Friday I want to say weekend but it's not the weekend so uh but yeah uh, volleyball uh looking good uh, and uh, thanks drew for for uh, talking a little bit of volleyball with me today Yep. Okay, that will do it for this week's edition of The Swoop. I would like to thank Drew Terrell Hall and Hayden King for bringing all of their insight into the podcast this week. I would also like to thank Ty Agner for his small part in the podcast as well. Finally, I'd like to thank anyone that listens to this podcast for lending us students your ears for a few minutes. For myself, Shane Nissen, and everyone else in the podcast, we'll talk BTSU sports next week on The Swoop.